of course, uh, the World Cup is just a matter of days away in England underway on Saturday in the game against Italy. Uh, so many different factors in play in terms of uh, the training, uh, the sports science of it as well. We're going to speak now to uh, Professor Mark Williams, who's head of sports sciences at Brunel University. He's worked with Liverpool, uh, Everton, Barcelona, FIFA, UEFA, Real Madrid, the FIA, uh, the FAW, and more. He's also based in uh, Heswell on the Wirral, and he joins us now. Professor Mark, thank you for your time. Good morning there. Uh, it's um, it's quite the role, isn't it? Um, head of sports sciences. Just tell us about the work you've done with, with Liverpool and Everton football clubs maybe first. Yes, I mean, I guess my uh, broad interests are in the whole range of different sports sciences, really. So it could be work from some of the video match analysis work to some sports psychology to some work on skill learning and effective practice and instruction. And uh, in regards to this particular project we're talking about this morning, I'm also particularly interested in the ability of goalkeepers and outfield players to be able to anticipate and to be able to read the game, uh, thus giving them a marginal edge at any moment of the game. So do football clubs and, and federations and maybe a football club like Liverpool or Everton come to you with a s- specific task? They say, right, we want you to watch these videos or we want you to tell us why we're doing something wrong or how we can improve various things. I mean, I think one of the things that uh, all the professional clubs and the football uh, associations are interested in is um, how to develop the technical and game intelligence skills of players. I think that certainly the physical and the Uh, physiological demands of the game are important but uh, at the very highest level uh, it's often not the fitness levels that differentiate players it's more their ability to be able to make the right decisions under pressure at the right time and uh, to be able to have the technical skills to be able to execute those decisions so I guess there's increasing interest in trying to ascertain how we can develop more skilled players uh, all the way from youth levels right up through to uh, senior adult professionals uh, so I guess my main focus is to try and optimise ways of developing more skilled and talented players. I know that Dave uh, Brailsford and uh, British Cycling, he's mm-hmm. very much worked with with sort of small margins, if you like, and if you increase percentage chances of winning races, percentage chances of increasing, you know, your lap times on a, on a particular race and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. you're, 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 you're increasing your percentage chances of, of getting the, the result that you're looking for. Is that what it's about in, in, in football? Can you... Can you do small things that make big differences that can benefit uh, either professional football clubs, international football clubs? Uh, yes, of course. And uh, sports science has had quite a significant impact in in football over the last 10 to 15 years, as it has, you mentioned, uh, cycling there, as it has in all uh, the, the sports in the UK. Clearly, uh, sports science was quite an integral part of Team GB's success in the London Olympics. And uh, certainly since I've been involved in sports science, which is around 20 years or so now, there's been a significant increase in uh, the number of sports scientists that are employed by uh, professional clubs uh, in the Premier League. In fact, most of the Premier League clubs have uh, almost small sports science departments in their own right now. Some of them are maybe 10 to 12 sports scientists on staff. And picking up your theme there, what they're looking to do is to try and find marginal gains Mm. uh, to try and improve all aspects of performance. And that's anything from the diet nutrition to the physical conditioning of players to the mental preparation uh, to developing more effective methods for enhancing technical skills. Um, As I said earlier on, though, I mean, for me, at the very highest level of the game, um, it's the ability to make the right decisions, to be able to anticipate what uh, opponents and sometimes teammates will do, are uh, the crucial things that differentiate between success and failure. 
you know, you can be extremely well prepared from a physical conditioning perspective, but then if you can't make the right decisions at the right time and don't have the technical ability to execute those decisions, then uh, it's going to be a very difficult challenge. Yeah, I wonder whether or not uh, a player like Luis Suarez is a great example of this sort of uh, sort of research you've been looking at, anticipation training, mm. a player who seems to have a phenomenal ability uh, to sort of put faith in his own ability to anticipate a situation quicker than a defender. You know, he might bundle the ball past the defender, but mm-hmm. he, he'll always fancy his own chances to be able to to judge where the ball's going to roll to, maybe get the, the rubber to green off a, off a knee or, or off a shin. He's got an unbelievable ability uh, to do that. You can't teach that, though, can you? That's, that's, that's instinct that a player's got. Um, it's not so much instinct, actually. There isn't, there isn't any strong scientific evidence to suggest that those skills are genetically determined. I mean, clearly what we've done is a lot of work looking at the developmental history profiles of elite footballers. And, uh, you know, they all start playing the sport often before the age of five. And by the age of 16 years, they've accumulated uh, in excess of around six and a half thousand hours of practice. So if you think of somebody like Luis Suarez, uh, I suspect given the stage he is at his career, he's probably accumulated maybe 25, 30,000 hours of practice in the sport. And the hours that he's accumulated has led to adaptations, which uh, allows him to be able to read the game or to predict what will happen before it actually happens. Uh, I mean, clearly, football is a sport that's very quick. It's very rapid. Uh, If you're having to react to what's happening, then it doesn't really give you sufficient time to be able to, to execute the right skills under pressure. So there's a clear need for players to be able to... Uh, read the game ahead of the action to be able to anticipate uh, what uh, opponents are likely to do in any situation or even, as I said, in regards to where a teammate is likely to pay a boss. So what you find with elite footballers is that through this extensive experience in the game, they've developed these knowledge structures, in, if you like, in memory that allows them to... Um, Essentially see into the... F- Louis yeah, Suarez can see, see into, into the, the future. future. This, yeah. is, this, this is incredible stuff, this. Uh, we've got mm. Professor Mark Williams with us, mm. Head of Sports Sciences at Brunel University. He's worked with Liverpool Everton, the German Football Federation, the Irish FA, Real Madrid, the Swedish uh, FA, uh, Mexican FA as well. I, I guess when people talk about uh, instinct as, as well, one of the, the big things for it, and I know mm-hmm. you've been looking at this one, is, is, is goalkeeping, sure. particularly in, in a penalty shootout, because the amount of time that a goalkeeper has got to be able to read a ball from 12 yards out to move and to save that ball, uh, presumably if you did it sort of in the cold light of day with uh, sort of looking at sort of the pure maths of it, he doesn't have enough time to make a decision to decide where the ball's going to go and to save it. But it's that 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 experience, isn't it? That anticipation uh, and the sort of the instinct that comes with that that gives a goalkeeper an opportunity to save a penalty. Uh, I mean, yes, you're right. We've been doing work with um, Gillette for the last few months. And um, in essence, the key factor is that if the goalkeeper merely reacts to the penalty taker striking the ball uh, and it's a reasonably well-struck penalty anywhere near the corner, then clearly the goalkeeper is not going to have sufficient time to be able to initiate a dive uh, and get to the ball. So therefore the key challenge for goalkeepers is to try and anticipate ahead of ball foot contact what the penalty taker is going to do with the ball. And uh, what we've done in some of our research, for instance, is we know that an expert goalkeeper uh, can anticipate where the penalty kick is going to go with a success rate of greater than 70% accuracy, uh, almost 100 milliseconds before the player strikes the ball. 
So in essence, what the goalkeeper is doing here is picking up information uh, from uh, the postural orientation uh, and the run-up of the penalty taker. So there could be some things like the angle of the run. It could be the positioning of the non-kicking foot um, as it's planted next to the ball, uh, the angle of the hip relative to the ball, uh, and the arc of the foot as it approaches the kicking foot, as it approaches the ball, which all gives the goalkeeper uh, key clues or cues, if you like, uh, that allows them then to be able to anticipate where the ball's going to go ahead of ball foot contact and therefore give them sufficient time to be able to initiate and execute a successful dive. There we go. Uh, so it's all there. It's all there and it's all about sports science. Uh, Professor mm. Mark, thank you for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. People want to find out some more about the work that you do uh, as head of sports science and your anticipation training research as well. Is there a website they can go to? Uh, the, yes, there is. It's www.facebook.com backslash Gillette UK. Fantastic stuff, and I really appreciate your time this morning. My pleasure. Have a good day. All the best. That's uh, Professor Mark Williams, Head of Sports Science at Brunel University. He's worked with Liverpool, Everton. Uh, he's based in Heswell as well.